Welcome to Employing Differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals. I'm Paul Tevis. And I'm Karen Gimnig. Each episode, we start with a question and see where it takes us. This week's question is, what do I want to do for you? So this is one of those questions that we pose largely to say, we think it's a good idea to be asking this question, <laughs> unless because we know what the answer is. But what we're toying with here is the idea that when we're in relationships, working relationships, organizational relationships, personal relationships, all of them, we engage and interact with other people. And we often think mostly as being people and, you know, egotistical as we all are in some ways, we think a lot about what do I need out of this? What do I need to get? That kind of thing. And I think it's useful to also think about the other way, which is what is it that I actually want to do for you? In our relationship, in the context of the work we do together, what are the things that I would look forward to, that I would enjoy, that I would feel are important, that would be validating to me? What are the things that really are what I want to contribute to the collaboration, to the relationship? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I want to make sure we're clear that this is not purely transactional. As we talk sort of about, about getting and giving, we recognize that in any relationship, there's exchanges of support. And when we do that... And when we're doing it in a really powerful relational way, it is generative, right? It is, as you and I have talked about, the best collaborations are the ones where each person feels like they're not pulling their own weight and the work is getting done. And mm -hmm. it, it comes from that. It comes from the fact that I'm getting the type of support that I need and that I'm giving the type of support that I want to, you know, that I'm willing to, that I'm able to. And the combination of those two things means that we each get out of this more than we put into it. And so as a result, it's not just transactional, right? It is, it's not zero sum, it's generative, like it's productive. And I think the most useful and, and powerful relationships have that quality to it. But it does require us to ask, like, what is that thing that I'm willing to give, that I'm able to give, which is often about looking at, well, what do I not want to do? What might you ask for or what have you asked for that I know that if that's a thing that I end up doing, the relationship isn't going to have that quality. Yeah. And I think what you're pointing to is that there aren't right and wrong answers to this question, but there is the presence or lack of alignment. Mm -hmm. If we're doing a podcast together and in my head, you're going to take care of all of the logistics and I'm going to you know, show up and be brilliant and that's all I'm going to do. And that's what I'm willing to do. Maybe you love to do logistics and you're totally happy to do that. Mm -hmm. And maybe you actually want me to do a piece of that or that other part or whatever. And so I think it's that that alignment, both so that we don't sit around thinking each other are going to do things we're not, but maybe even more so that we don't end up coloring our relationship with resentment or guilt or frustration or all the things that come with doing things that we don't really want to do. And I'll just say, I sometimes like I do the dishes and I don't really love doing the dishes, but I like having the dishes done and it feels like it's part of life. Right. So this isn't saying you should only ever do the things you love, but it is saying you should be thoughtful about within the context that you're in. What can you feel good about contributing? And I think it's especially interesting to think about 
relative to a particular person. Mm-hmm. What do I like to do for them? What matches my talents? What matches my interests? What will feel good to me? Because if I keep doing things that I don't actually want to do, it's going to show up in other ways. Mm-hmm. Yes, it absolutely does. This touches on that idea of willingness that we've talked about before. Even if it's not, hey, I love doing this, I'm willing to do it, and it's not going to build up resentment. If I'm not in that place, then we have problems. I'm thinking about two particular situations that have shown up for me. One, I had a former coworker where we inadvertently discovered that we had uh, complementary brainstorming styles because I found it very valuable to talk stuff out, and she found it really valuable to write things down. And so we had kind of, she basically said, I wanted to say to her at one point, you know, I feel like I'm always making you take notes. And so I don't want to put that on you. And she's like, no, I love doing this. This is great. Like, it actually really helps me. That was the type of support that she wanted to give. And I initially felt bad asking her to do it until I actually asked her to do it. And then she said, oh, no, I'd be happy to do it. And here's why. And so that's that was a great example of where it turned out that we just stumbled into alignment. We had the conversation to figure out that we were actually aligned, but then we just kind of kept working as we were going through it. But I'm also thinking about another occasion where I had a boss ask me to do something and I had moved into a role and the person who had been in the role previously had done that thing in that way. And so, you know, my new manager basically said, I need you to take care of this thing. I need you to do this. And I basically said, we need to talk because I know that the other person had done it this way. If I do that, that I'm going to end up presenting this. So let's actually talk about what's the support that you actually need. What's the result you need out of this? Because I want to support you and I want to make sure that this happens, but I want to find a way that I can do this. That's going to work for me too. And so I think there's an important part of that alignment conversation about not just saying, nope, I can't do that. To be able to say, so I'm not sure that way of doing this is going to work for me. Let's talk about what could work. How can we get aligned around it? (laughs) And of course, that requires me to get into alignment with myself, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm thinking as you're talking about that, about sort of more macro, if it's not one-on-one, if it's, you know, as part of the communities that I work with, for example, one thing that I see is, People go into community with an idea of what they wish to contribute. And honestly, I don't know how much they think through. Like, sure, I'm going to take my turn to cook. And sure, I'm going to, you know, take my turn to clean. And sure, I love, you know, playing with screwdrivers. So I'm going to be on the maintenance team or whatever the thing is. But the reality of what actually is needed in a community when it's moved in, you don't get perfect alignment between a large number of tasks and a large number of people. And inevitably, there's more work to do than people really have time for. And so when folks focus on, well, this task isn't getting done or that task isn't getting done, you can really get into a lot of tangles and and a lot of negativity. You can start to feel really crummy about a lot of stuff. But if everyone can sort of focus on, these are the things I would like to do, and pointing out, hey, if you need this thing done, I'm the one to ask for that. You know, having that kind of communication so that you really work that alignment. And you're not going to be able to get all of it through one-on-one conversations in a large system like that. But you can create communication mechanisms where there can be a match between people saying, this is what I would like to do. Mm -hmm. And the other part that you alluded to at the very beginning was 
And there also has to be a way to say, that's just not a thing I'm going to do. One community, there was a conversation, the the people with the common house were meeting to talk about, you know, we, we want to get the common house cleaned every day. And so we'll just have everybody sign up for once a month and that'll get it taken care of. And there happened to be someone else in the room who was not part of their team who said, uh-uh, I don't want to clean. That's not a thing I planned to contribute. And he was someone who had done a great deal of work in other areas. So it wasn't like anybody thought he was being lazy. But but the ability to say, these are the things I can do willingly and joyfully and happily. And also, these are the things I can't. And I think for a lot of us, it takes time to sit back and think about, like, we have to actually ponder. We don't, that's not sitting on the tip of my tongue all the time. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, it's it's a type of boundary setting. And that's what we talked about before. Boundaries are often about you know, creating the conditions under which we can actually engage in ways that we want to, that we can show up in ways that we want other people to experience us. And that's what this, you know, is really pointing at is we often aren't clear about those things until long after they've been stepped over. <laughs> and then then we have to back up and go, wait a minute, what, what was that? What, how did I actually want to show up? What was it about that ask or the thing that I was doing that caused me to resent this, to be unhappy, to be grumbly, to be not how I wanted to be in the way that this working relationship is going so that then we can get clear to that and then we can communicate that to people around us. But it, it's very interesting because there's the two – there's kind of a matchmaking that needs to happen. We're trying to match up sort of things that people are hoping to get and things that people are hoping to give in a way that we can – make best use of all of the resources, the skills, the the passions, the things like that that are available. And that requires getting a lot of information out on the table and seeing it just as information. You know, these are things that I would like to have happen because they would help me in these ways. These are things that I would like to do or that I'm willing to do and that I'm happy to, to contribute. And that that can be, and when you've got a whole group of people that's doing that, that can be a lot of can be a lot of noise. But sifting through that helps us really match those things up in a way that, again, leads to these relationships that can be very generative and very productive. Even when there are things that we're only willing to do rather than loving doing, there's enough of things that we love contributing and we're getting enough support that it really feels like this is a net positive for everybody involved. Yeah. So just to track where we've been, we've in other episodes talked a good bit about being willing to say what we need from our teams and be clear about that. Today, we're talking about being clear about what is it that we want to do for the people that we work with or that we're in community with or in organizations with. And in being clear about what we want to do, we're really supporting that generative, productive kind of relationship. And it helps us to get the alignment, to get the match between what we want to be doing for an individual or for a group and what that individual or group can use from us so that we can really look for where those alignments are and also where boundaries need to be, where we can say, these aren't things that I can do willingly and happily and get clarity about that. Always looking for that connection and that alignment that gives us the best use of our skills and resources so that we can accomplish the things that we're trying to accomplish together. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Until next time, I'm Paul Tevis. And I'm Karen Gimnig, and this has been Employing Differences.